Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Carry On, brought to you by Nation's Finest, where our mission is to support America's military veterans and their families with a comprehensive approach to housing, health, and employment that helps them to achieve self-sufficiency and reach their full potential. If you or a veteran you know needs help, or if you'd like to make a donation, please visit nationsfinest.org or call 833-468-9676. Again, that's nationsfinest.org or 833-468-9676. I'm your host, Mark Miller, Army Veteran and Communications Director for Nation's Finest. Our guest today is a name and face you may recognize. Vincent Rocco Vargas is a Hollywood actor, writer, and veteran advocate. He's known for his roles in Mayans MC, Brothers in Arms, and Lucy Shimmers and the Prince of Peace. Vince is a veteran as well, having served three combat deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan with the 2nd Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment. He just recently retired from the Army after many years of combined active and guard service. While he continues his film career, he's also focused on helping fellow veterans, having started the nonprofit Veteran and hosting the Vinnie Rock podcast, regularly interviewing veterans whom he refers to as cool veterans who do cool shit. Vince Vargas, thank you so much for joining us here today on Carry On. Thank you for uh, having me. <laughs> Well, we, re we really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you know, for, for those who have seen you speak publicly before, uh, you speak about military transition and the experience you had in the military and, and leaving that part of your life behind you. And we often talk with veterans and our clients about using their skills from the military to be successful in civilian life. But this is the other side we don't talk about as much is which, which parts of the military do you need to kind of work on letting go of? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think there's, there's this, sometimes people hold on to uh, their past experiences and kind of like, I guess that's what they identify with. And if you identify with like, say me, I was an army ranger and that's all I identified with. Uh, it's very hard to allow yourself to assimilate to the civilian culture and start to become something new. Uh, our community kind of gets hung up on, you know, I was an infantryman uh, instead of, you know, I used to be an infantryman, but the skills I learned as an infantryman, I can adapt and use those in civilian culture and find same success or like leadership skills or punctuality, all these different things, you know, needs to dress care of equipment. Uh, a lot of the, the ideologies that the military gave us, but for some reason, sometimes guys get hung up on wanting to wear that, you know, combat badge around their chest and hoping that that's going to carry them far in life. And, and the reality of it, uh, you know, the big picture, people might appreciate your service, but your service to yourself and your, your family uh, aren't done once the military is over. I think that's great advice that, you know, <clears throat> learn from what we did, take that experience, but what, what got you here isn't going to get you there to that next step. <laughs> right. So self-destructive behavior can often occur when veterans struggle with that process that you just talked about, struggle yeah. of, you know, leaving what we need to leave behind us and, and looking forward. So, so that's all very real. That's reality. But if we can step into fiction for a moment, uh, in the show, the Mayans, uh, the, the character Coco, uh, played by Richard Cabral, he's a veteran consumed by drug addiction. And, uh, 
I, I hope I don't have this wrong. I, I was a big fan of Mayans, but haven't watched it in a while. But if I remember correctly, your character Rocco struggled between supporting his brother, uh, struggled with some enabling behavior, trying to cover up what his buddy was doing so he didn't get kicked out of the club, and then eventually struggled with loyalty to his brother versus loyalty to the club and saying it was time for him to go. So not getting into too much of the plot line of, of Mayans, which, by the way, everyone go out there and watch it. Great show. <laughs> do, you, do you see parallels between that fictional relationship between your character and Rocco and the relationships you see with struggling veterans in real life and uh, and those who need help and, and kind of that difficult line to walk and, and how to encourage them to get help? Yeah, that's a great question because I think that's what we, we intended uh, on the show is the camaraderie between Coco and Gilly, my character on Mayans. Um, they are supposed to have that camaraderie that we know and, and, and are so familiar with in the military. And that's why there's this kind of struggle between what's more valuable, the brotherhood of your, your closest friend or the brotherhood of the unit itself, right? And the unit being Mayans MC. And that is very common to me going hanging out with my ranger buddies and see my ranger buddy maybe making a fool of himself or doing something stupid uh where do i step in and say hey man you're embarrassing yourself but as well as our unit or do i just kind of back them up and and, and continue to allow them to to be a fool of them make a fool of themselves and so uh i think the show does a really good job of really portraying that and i think there's something so honest about that uh there was a baseball coach who once told me no one's bigger than the club and that means that there is no name or person who is so good and their 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 status is so important that it's more important than the club itself, right? No, the team itself. And so that's the same as I believe the Ranger Battalion feels very similar to that in the Army as a whole. There's not one person who is greater than the whole uh, branch of the Army. And so when making those decisions, uh, it might be hard because you want to side with your partner to the, to the, to the left and to the right of you. But what's the best decision for the overall mission? And so that's what Gilly's character is really trying to figure out. And you see him going in and out of uh, what's the right decision to make in the conflict of that. And I think it's a very honest gesture uh, that any of us day to day would, would struggle with is enabling our own friends. And when is it time to stop enabling and actually start pushing them towards getting the help for the grade of the mission, right? The big picture. Great point. It is it is a hard line to walk because those people we care about, those close to us, we we don't want them to get in trouble. We don't want them to lose their job or or get kicked out of the club, whatever that is. Right. Or lose our friendship, right? Like they might not understand what we're trying to do. Right. So do we cause them damage by by bringing what their issues are to light or do we help them in the long run? That it's a difficult line to walk and uh one that has to be done with a great deal of balance. Yeah, I agree. And I think sometimes you have to be uh, the one to to not be the enabler, but just to be very direct and honest and say, here's the truth. You're screwing up. You either get help, you know, or I can't sit here and watch you burn your whole house down. Right. You know what I mean? Like one of us has to be the one to 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 say that, you know. And if you're in the if you're the one thinking clearly at that period, because all of us, have, <laughs> right. all of us have a time when we haven't been thinking clearly. Right. But if you're the one clear-headed at that period, yeah, you're the one that has to make that call. Your your friend struggling with addiction or, or going down a wrong path might not might not see as clearly. Yep. 
I agree. So, and and my apologies for getting for getting your character of Gilly and and the character Rocco screwed up. I I honestly am a fan. I wasn't lying to you. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> I think that's that's something that happens quite a bit is the confusion of the nickname Rocco, uh, even in Hollywood. I, I had there was a director that said, "Who's Rocco? Like Vince? Who's Gilly? Vince? Who, where did Rocco come from?" <laughs> It's like, yeah, that's his nickname. <laughs> your your nickname versus your name on the show. That's ex that's exactly right. the line I went down. So at least I'm in good company with your yeah. director there. You you can tell him that. <laughs> so, you know, we talk about that difficulty getting our friends on the right track, getting ourselves on the right track. Yet, suicide continues to be an issue that plagues both the active duty military and military veterans like us. So. Getting help can sometimes be difficult given the level of discipline and self-sufficiency we were expected to exhibit as soldiers. Uh, you know, Fort Benning, not not a place that you're unfamiliar with, and that's where I went through basic training. And uh, I, I remember there from, you know, your entry into the military, basic training, you were admonished for going to sit call. You were admonished for being an individual. It was, you know, suck it up, be disciplined. I even remember standing in line in the chow hall one day and a soldier started coughing and the company commander appeared out of nowhere and said, <laughs> are you going to cough in the presence of the enemy and give away your position? Stop coughing. And, you know, man, when that's the, when that's the mentality you're brought in with, and then we're dealing with issues like mental health later in life, uh, how do you explain, given your own experience, that seeking help for mental health is not a sign of weakness? It's not, <laughs> you know, it, it's not being weak and, and not being able to suck up something as simple as a cold or my, my yeah. ankle hurts. You're, you're sucking up something much larger at this point. How do you draw that line? And, and what do you tell veterans who, who might be avoiding seeking help because of that appearance of weakness? Yeah, well, I'm going to address this from two parts. First, uh, active duty definitely needs to change its mindsets on how they they train and lead and mentor their 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 youth. Uh, we are inundated uh, in this culture where they believe a tough guy is a guy that doesn't say he needs help, and that's absolutely incorrect. And you're raising uh, men who are too afraid to say, "Hey, they're feeling a uh, type of way towards whatever experience they've had." You know, uh, I think. You know, most of the drill sergeants I had in basic training never even seen combat. You know, we're a whole different era of of military that sees combat often or saw combat often for almost 20 years. And so that needs to be addressed that the way we raised our uh, youth didn't have to be this. You had to be this tough guy macho. It's like you had to be good at your job, but you also had to know here's some honest things and uh, some of the repercussions of doing our job, what happens. You know, and so first of all, I would change how the culture from the inside from active duty completely uh we're raising a drinking culture we're raising you're tough if you if you're if you're struggling you drink if you want if you're partying if you're excited you celebrate by drinking and that in itself is is one of the biggest issues we have and why the suicide rates are so high is go check out the studies almost every single individual who's committed suicide was drinking at some point right it's this really crazy Thing. It's like, why is that? Well, you have 22-year-old staff sergeants who've been in combat multiple times telling their young 
uh, impressionable youth who has no identity before this, right? They were 18, 17 years old when they joined, and they're looking up to their father figure saying, hey, it's cool to drink. It's what we do. It's what it's, If you're a ranger, you drink, right? And uh, that mentality needs to stop, right? We need to think about we're raising these these youth that like we're raising our kids and I would never raise my kids to be alcoholics. Right. And so I'm, I'm guilty of this as well because I was raised that way and I believed it was the right way to do it. And, and I would change everything if I can go back. And that being said is what I would tell veterans is check the drinking. Cause that becomes one of the biggest issues we have in our community from DUIs to drinking related domestic violence issues to, uh, post-traumatic stress issues to suicide, all of it, almost all of it is rooted in some kind of drinking scenario. And so uh, I would check that. And most guys who listen to this right now who, who aren't in a place to hear that are probably shutting us off now. And I apologize. But the truth is uh, we need to look in the mirror and realize a lot of the situations we put ourselves that are uncomfortable, that are that are make life stressful is because we've put ourselves there uh, by making bad choices, right? And so all of you who struggle have to know that it is okay to need help, right? It's okay to identify maybe you're addicted. You know, maybe you you realize that you you can't go a, a week without drinking because this is what you've grown accustomed to. Uh, that's my world was, you know, I'm sober now because I identified that night, that every decision I made was revolved around alcohol. And so, you know, look at, there's, there's a lot of guys with a lot of experience, but Take it from me as second and 75th Ranger Regiment infantry dude, three combat deployments. Like uh, I was a, s surrounded by some of the toughest men and the good majority of us needed counseling after everything you experienced and just life. I mean, just life in itself. So I recommend it. Very good points and, and great parallel between the drinking culture on active duty and what we see with veterans. You're absolutely right. Cases of suicide and all these other problems often very linked to alcohol or or other drug addictions, addictions trying to numb that pain. I, yeah. what, what you just said about, you know, the 75th Ranger Regiment, a lot, a lot of you guys needing counseling after tours in Iraq and Afghanistan that, that you did over there. And I look at that, maybe it's my own veteran perspective seeing this, but I look at that very much like, you know, hey, when I hear that guys in the NFL have to see doctors every week, I think nothing of that. They get banged up. You know, they're, they're, yeah. they're playing a rough sport. Deploying to Iraq and Afghanistan and, and doing everything that that we did as veterans and, and specifically, you know, guys like in the Ranger Regiment, what you did, uh, needing some counseling after that doesn't even seem odd to me. It seems like it, it seems like an NFL player going to see a doctor for for a busted up knee. Like it, yeah. I, I don't know why we stigmatize that. And I think it's great that we're talking about it. You're, you're saying that stigma shouldn't be there at all. Not at all. I think, I think we're foolish and, and, and ignorant to think that we're so tough that we can handle it day to day. There's guys that can't even handle divorce. And it's like, why? I was like, because it's uncomfortable. It's, it's hard. Right. And, and you could speak to someone about it and they'll explain to you that, you know, it's part of the process is, is, is grieving even a marriage, right? The death of a marriage, <laughs> you know, and grieving a death of a brother or sister can take many years and they, everyone goes through their own, you know, transition of that. And so, you know, I, I just think it's weird that it's uncomfortable for some people to talk about, but I also understand we were raised in a world where like, you said you go to sick call, like, oh, you're, you wear the scarlet letter for the rest of your career. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're, you're not missing that battalion run. I don't care what's it, wrong with you. <laughs> right. 
I had a, I had an arm. I injured my arm in, in Ranger School. It was a, I had brachial plexus nerve damage, which is essentially they call it rucksack palsy, uh, a rucksack malnutrition, all the other things, reasons in Ranger School. But this arm was dead for over a year. But I remember oh my gosh. they were, yeah, they were fighting with the battalion uh, PA to send me to Iraq anyways. And I was like, cool, let's go. I packed up, right? Because last thing I wanted to make an excuse, like, I'm going, let's go. And the day of the flight, they, the PA shut it down. He said, there's, there's no point. He, what's he going to do? His arm doesn't work, right? The whole arm was dead. It was a really interesting thing. Um, but I remember feeling like, oh, man, you know how many people are going to give me shit? Excuse my language. Can give me crap for that, right? They're going to give me so much crap because my arm doesn't work. Like, literally, the thing don't work. But my fear of the, the backlash of not showing up on a deployment, and I couldn't even imagine. Like, I don't even know what I'd do. I'd, I'd be a water boy, essentially, because the arm doesn't work. I'd just be there in support. It was just an interesting time, and I remember the struggle of that and knowing that, oh, I'm sure people are going to talk talk smack because I couldn't make the deployment. And, what, yeah, what I'm hearing from you is – you were more concerned about making that deployment as opposed to whether or not your arm was going to ever work. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't care about the arm. I was more scared about like, man, if I miss the deployment, my NCO is going to be so pissed at me. And, and like, I, I would love to find a job I can do out there with one arm. Like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Just hand me a grenades and I'll throw them, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, you know, that's the kind of person you are in Ranger Battalion, though. You know, you want to go towards the enemy. You're raised that way. You you believe in it, uh, you know, wholeheartedly. I, I would have... I would have gone over there with one arm and, and and done the mission as best I could too, you know. But I remember the fear. I didn't care about the arm. I was I was more in fear of letting down my my brothers my brothers, uh, you know, in combat. And I think that goes right along with what you were just saying. More worried about the team, more worried about the larger than yourself, and that we have to kind of learn how to transition into okay. I do have to take some time and be worried about me now. Yeah, self self aid buddy aid right self aid first. That's right. So. So you said that injury occurred in Ranger School? Yes. So so let's go down that road for a minute. Uh, in, in Ranger School, correct me if I'm wrong, not not an experience I ever had. Um, if, if I'm not mistaken, more people wash out of Ranger School than graduate. Is that correct? Oh, that's 100% correct. Yeah. I think it's, I, in a, I think it's like a 75% attrition rate, something like that. Okay. So roughly a quarter of the folks that go in there graduate. Correct. Now... That's unique to military training because most military training is set up to graduate most, if not all, of the people who go through. Uh, so you've had some experience in going through some very difficult training and coming out as a graduate, but I'm sure you have peers to your left and right throughout your career, maybe not in the Ranger Regiment, but uh, peers throughout your career that didn't make it through that and still continued moving on. And where right. where I'm going with this is that you've talked before publicly about improving yourself and learning and and living life for those who can't yeah. and and that's going to mean taking risks and going out there and doing things that maybe you'll be successful maybe you won't but that that courage to learn improve try new things in life could you talk a little bit about that and how that works into your mentality of respecting those no longer with us in the way you live your life yeah, I mean, again, this is kind of multiple parts. I, I think originally um, when I got out of the military, I felt really kind of the fear of missing out. I felt a lot of, a lot of survivor's guilt. <laughs> and because I was in this kind of drinking world, I felt like my my <laughs> my duty was to drink in remembrance of my brothers who've fallen. And if I didn't drink hard enough, I didn't love them enough, you know. And so this 
this mentality is very common. A lot of us do it. It's it's like, see how drunk I can get and blacked out drunk. That just shows, you know, how much I love them because that's how much it affects me. So, you know, and I'm going to drink because they drank and I'm going to drink their drink of choice and I'm going to, you know, feel sorry for myself. And that went on for many years and, and having kids, you know, my, my goal is always to kind of give them more opportunity and, and, and be as successful as I could. And as I'm going through these phases of growing and learning to be a better father and, and working on trying to be a better civilian, <laughs> um, I realized like that mindset was slowing me down. That mindset was actually, it's like, if I take 10 steps forward, I start taking the five steps back because of the same mentality, right? You, you get in trouble, you, you, you find yourself in bad positions, like all these things. And so I, at some point I finally shifted the mindset of like, well, let me see how successful I can get. Like, let me see all the things I can accomplish because in my head, maybe they'd be more proud of me that way. I'm not sure what it was, but I, I, I thought about like, if you believe in God or not, if there's a heaven, they're looking down at you and they see you drunk. I don't think they're cheering you on and saying, yeah, drink one more. I imagine it's like, dude, if I had life, I would want to enjoy it in a way where let's see how much I can get done. Right. And, and, <clears throat> you know, in that mindset, I just wanted to kind of, well, let me kind of live my life for them. Let me see how much I could accomplish, you know? And when I went into the border patrol, uh, my first big career outside of active duty, um, I was a prison guard first, and then I went to the border patrol, you know, the goal was Sean Barraza, one of, one of the gentlemen who passed away uh, in Ranger Battalion that really had an impact on my life. He was the one who told me he wanted to be a border patrol agent. And so for me, I was kind of like, Oh, sorry about that, my dogs. <laughs> but he was the one that kind of pushed me to to go to the border patrol and try and live his life and and, and make him proud. And I did that for for about seven years and decided maybe it was time for me to start doing what I wanted, you know. And that's kind of what transitioned me into Hollywood. And it really was that pivot of mindset was instead of feeling sorry for myself, instead of you know, drinking in their memory, I thought, well, let me see how much success I can have. And, and I imagine like how much more appreciative their families, their wives, you know, their kids would feel if they see how successful one of their father's friends have been because of their memory, because of their dad's memory. And so that's been my goal and that'll continue to be my goal. I plan to try and conquer the world with this mindset. And, and the more that I accomplish, uh, you know, I, I pay tribute to them. That's beautiful. And I think you're not only, my personal take, you're not only doing an honor to their memory, you're inspiring other veterans to to honor ourselves and the memory of our brothers and sisters. So I think, like you said, taking this message to the world, I, I appreciate you sharing it with us here today. In in that spirit, um, we've, we've talked about a lot today. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our veteran audience uh, that that you'd like to leave them with today, uh, pearls of wisdom or, or just advice that, that you think could help our, our fellow veterans out there? Yeah, you know, um, you know, I, I, I write a lot. And when I write, and just recently I came up with this, this concept in my head that keeps keeps kind of eating at me. It's called you versus you, right? And I say that, you know, obviously I run, a, I have a, a organization that is slowly growing called Veteran. And then that mindset is growing veterans in a positive way like always improving the veteran culture and even as one veteran at a time and this you versus you concept is think about i want you guys to think about this every day it is you versus you it's you it's the you version that's gonna 
take accountability for their actions and make smart choices, or it's the you that's going to make excuses, right? And and if people are trying to, trying to go down, dig down to the root of like, if you want to be successful, you have to be accountable, right? You have to be disciplined and accountable, meaning you have to identify your faults. You got to identify where your, your shortcomings are and you have to adjust those. You have to shift those, right? Shift fire. And once you're able to shift fire on that, then you can actually start finding some improvements in life. So if there's financial issues, identify what that, where that comes from. If there's physical fitness issues, where does that come from? And this continues. I, I evaluate my life daily to try and see where I'm, where I'm falling short and where can I improve. And I continue to do that. And, you know, the person you know now right here in the screen is not the same guy you knew one year ago. I'm completely grow every single year. And my goal is to hopefully give that same mindset back to you veterans to say, look at me, Vince Vargas, I'm no, I am nothing special. There's no, there's nothing like that is special, superhuman, nothing. There's nothing. I'm just a dude who's motivated, who takes accountability for all his little mistakes and does everything he can to adjust fire, shift fire and continue moving forward. And I'm trying to gain ground daily in a positive way. And I would tell all of you, if there's a drinking issue, fix it. I've been sober now just under three years because I didn't need that anymore. That slowed me down. You know, I, I write every day because that's my version of meditation and healing and, and, and self-accountability. I kind of evaluate my life through that. I do these things all the time to kind of do checks and balances. It's our own PCIs and PCCs on our own lives currently. And if you can do that and you can be accountable for your actions, the you that's accountable will win. If you can't be accountable for your actions and you continue to make excuses, the you that has excuses will win. And you need to make the, the one that has accountability win more often and you'll be successful in life. Plain and simple. That's beautiful advice. Discipline, accountability, taking those evaluations. What do I need to improve? taking those steps forward to self-improvement only time on this podcast that I'm going to disagree with you. You say you're nothing special, but you are, <laughs> you are because you did a lot for this nation. Thank you for your service. You're doing a lot still by stepping up, helping fellow veterans, sharing your story, guiding people to the self-improvement and the better life that you're living. So that's the only thing I'm going to call you out on. You are, you are special brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, I, re I really appreciate you being here with us today, sharing your thoughts, your insights, and your advice. And I uh, really appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate Thank you so much, man. Have a great day. Yes, sir. And thank you to all of you who joined us today. We'll be back next week discussing issues relevant to veterans and those who care about them. If you enjoyed today's podcast and you want to hear more, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts by searching Carry On by Nation's Finest, or you can find the links on our social media. Thank you again for joining us today, and as always, carry on.